biggest issue, and I call it second verse-itis. The song goes off the rails in the second verse. Hey everybody, I'm with Clay Mills in the Songtown Virtual Studio. Welcome, Clay. Yeah, man. There you go. Good to see you. All right, as our, our usual program, I have a topic today that Clay has never heard. And you know, one of the things when I'm mentoring people that the biggest issue, and I call it second verse itis, like they they either don't know what to do in the second verse, or they repeat the first verse essentially with different words, or you know, just the the song goes off the rails in the second verse. And then I, I often have people that tell me, like, man, I just keep getting stuck in second verses. So I I want to address those problems today, Clay, and get your thoughts on. You know, what do you do if you keep getting stuck on second verses? What do you do if your second verses are just kind of repeats of your first verse? You know, or, or what if um, you, you tend to chase rabbits in your first verse or, you know, just can't <laughs> think of what you want to say, all that kind of stuff. So what are your initial thoughts on that? You know, a lot of times the biggest reason I see that people get stuck in the second verse is they don't leave themselves anywhere to go. Meaning by the time they write the first verse and then they write the chorus, they've literally said everything they need to say for that entire song. So then they've got nowhere to go that's interesting in the second verse. So either they go completely in a direction that's off topic, um, somewhere they don't need to go, are they just repeating what they've already said before, that repeating the same ideas? Right. And, you know, I heard somebody go, well, your second verse is to, you should just um, say what you say in the first verse, but in a different way. And that's not what a second verse is for. But, no. I mean, when I was learning songwriting, someone taught me that. And so I think it, it's easy for people to get off track. There's so much information out there. But... I would just say if if you don't have anywhere to go in that second verse, make sure your first verse you haven't said too much, you know? You all, you always talk about first verse should just be characters, context and setting. So you're just setting the stage right. for that chorus and that big idea if 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 in that first verse you tell everybody, you know, I was in love with you, you left, I'm crushed, but now I'm better. Okay, well, where where have you got left to go? You've told me the entire song in the first right. verse, you know. So I, I would just say back up and check out your first verse and see if you can't pull some information out. You know, I was critiquing a song the other day, and I literally, there was enough information in that first verse to write four songs. And wow. it, it was amazing. I was like, I couldn't believe how much information was in the first verse of this song, and the writer was very proud of it. But I think, you know, we have to try. It's hard when you when you first start writing, you want to impress people. And I think the hardest part to learning to be a great writer is stop trying to impress people, stop trying to show how good a writer you are, and get to the point and say what you need to say and say it in a way that cuts to the heart, you know? Um, and communicate yourself well, and I think the rest will take care of itself. As you do that, if you start from that place, then you can work on making it more interesting. But right. if your goal is to just write this incredibly interesting verse, 
then nobody's going to care. It's not going to matter how interesting it is. Yeah, I was mentoring somebody recently, and and I wound up just asking them straight out, did you write this to try to impress me with all the clever lines that you could come up with, or did you write this to tell a story in a heartfelt way? Yeah. And they said, uh, probably to impress you. <laughs> and I said, no, that, <laughs> that, that's not what the listening audience is wanting out there. They're not going to go, that song's got such a clever rhyme or a clever line that I'm going to go listen to that song on repeat, or I'm going to go buy that album on vinyl or what, you know, whatever it might be. They're going to listen to your song and go, you know, what did I feel? Did I feel something that I want to feel again? If I do, then I'm going to keep playing that song. So yeah, I think all that stuff's super important. You know, and if you, if you find yourself in that trap of repeating the first verse, usually the reason is, we come up with one good way to set up our title and our chorus, and then we can't think of another way. So we, right. we kind of have to use the same device to get back to that chorus the second time. And that's why, in, you know, in the song building book that I wrote with Bill O'Hanlon uh, and that we teach in Songtown, you know, I talk about mapping out your song or doing a blueprint of your song so that you know what you're going to say in every section if you, if you do that kind of technique, you're not ever going to get to the second verse and not know what to say because you decided in the very beginning what you're going to say. And you also decided to say something that was unique and different than what you said in the first verse and that, that takes the song idea farther. So that um, blueprinting idea can be really valuable. If you get to second verses and go, wow, what do I say that's different? You know, to think about that ahead of time. And there's song titles that... Um, I throw out or a co-writer will throw out and we'll talk about it and try to do a blueprint. And we just decide there's not enough there to write a song about, you know, right. that we, we can't think of another second verse that, I mean, a second verse that would take the big idea farther. So we just don't write that mm-hmm. idea until we come up with um, something that will do that. Um, today I was writing with a, a hit writer and we were, we were kind of wrestling with a title and we decided before we wrote it that we just didn't think we could pull it off. We just didn't think there was enough there and that we had enough clarity on what we were trying to say and all that kind of stuff. You know, so that could be a a technique. You know, I I tell people that the blueprint idea is a guaranteed fix for second verse itis because you'll never get to the second verse and not know what to say. And I think right. another another thing I see a lot, I saw this this week, is someone, they were telling this love story, and by the second verse, they were asking the person to, to marry them. And, like, so the first verse they met, and by the second verse, they're asking the person to marry them. And in the third verse, they're talking about spending forever with the person. And I'm like, you're you're telling a lifetime of story in three minutes. You know, why don't, why don't you write a song about the day we met and then write a song about, I'm at this point where I've, I'm going to ask you to spend forever with me and then write a song about, you know, what it would be like being together forever and growing old together. You know, you, you, there's so much in there. And so, but you're, you're not saying that you shouldn't write a story song that talks about a person's entire life or entire, I loved you since 18. And then 
there on the deathbed and he's holding her hand as she's passing. Like we know those songs have existed and, and been some great songs in history. Yeah, I left out an important detail. So (laughs) the chorus of this song was about that night we met right? and how I felt. So it's like it it was just moving too fast. You know, it it was glossing over everything because they they were trying to get so many things in there and so many movements of time and all that. So, yeah, you can there's some great songs that are, you know, talk about a lifetime of something, but. Um, this particular song really it needed to stay in that moment because it, he, the writer was having trouble getting back to that chorus every time because he was jumping past it, you know? Yeah. So he, he was getting way ahead of himself and then he was having to back up to get back to that chorus and then he'd get way ahead of himself and have to back up, you know? So I think that the movement of time is a really important issue in the second verse to think about, yeah. you know, how am I, is this a song where I need to stay in a moment or is this a song where I need to, you know, move through different sections of life and how it applies. Um, There's an old song called where have you been? That's a great example of how they, they do tell a lifetime of story, but, but Mm -hmm. it gets back to that chorus in a really natural way. And the chorus is not set in one particular time that can't change, the chorus is able to move with the story, you know, that kind of Right. Thing. So every every time you get to the chorus after a verse, the words the words for the third chorus mean something different, even though they're the same words as they they meant in the first. So I that chorus is able to move through time and you're not just jumping back and forth with the whole thing. Right. It's and yeah that that's, you know, that's as bad as jumping pronouns around, you know, is that jumping through time where you're going back and forth and where am I now? You know, it's like, it's okay to do that in movies, you know, and TV shows now they're jumping around everywhere, Mm -hmm. but you've got a whole, you know, TV series to figure out what's going on. In a song, you've got three minutes or less typically to tell this story and jumping around in time is not going to be your best friend. No, it's not at all. And this particular song started off in present tense, then the chorus was past tense. The second verse was future tense, back to the chorus and past tense, <laughs> back to future tense in the bridge. You yeah. know, that kind of thing is really confusing for a listener. You know, and you mentioned earlier the character's context and setting. If you think about a song structure that this way, the, so the first verse, introduces characters, context, and setting. The chorus introduces a big idea or big emotion. And the second verse, the job of the second verse is to take that big emotion farther. So if you think of it like, okay, I can't introduce this big idea and then just drop it. I've got to introduce this big idea and then go into like, why does this matter so much? So that when I get back around to it, it means even more. You know, so just that process of the way you think about songs, I think, can be helpful because I've heard people relay to me, well, like I was taught just, you know, you got to use the first verse to get to the chorus and the second verse has to get to the chorus. That kind of leaves you in that conundrum where you're you're probably going to have very similar verses and it's not going to move the story forward. But if you understand that you have to progress the story with that second verse, then that can fix a lot of second verse problems, too. Yeah. All right, Marty, we have Sweetwater, our sponsor, to thank for today. 
We love those guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. Down below, we have show notes. We have books that you can check out. Check out Songtown. We have a community, thousands of people worldwide that collaborate together. We help you level up your skills, help you write better. And when your songs are ready, we can help you connect to the industry. So check it out. Absolutely. Take care. See you next time.